I'm Brandon Spratt. Welcome to Awaken, the podcast. I believe the most valuable gift you can give yourself and others in this world is authentic presence. When you are in your truth and you own it, you become an empowered being with the capacity to inspire others by just your presence alone. The journey to becoming a more empowered, inspired, and aware being starts right now. Hey everybody, I hope that you are in good spirits and if you're not, if you're a little bit down, I hope this lifts up your spirits and you are inspired by today's podcast. Today I'll be sharing a little bit about um, early childhood and the awareness I had back then and also the influence of culture and pop culture and societal norms and the things that influenced me and probably you too growing up. But first I just wanted to check in and I wanted to see how you were doing. And I know you can't uh, answer me, this is a one-way recording, but I would like you to go ahead and take a deep breath and completely exhale. Let's just do it one more time. Nice deep inhale, extending the navel away from the spine. Inhaling up through every chamber of your lungs until your higher heart begins to rise. And as you exhale, letting the moment go, drawing the navel back in towards the spine. Now one more time, deeply inhale, extending the navel out. And exhale. Let it go. So if that was your first conscious breath of the day, I hope brought a little bit of stillness back into your being, a little bit more presence. And if you've already meditated today, well, just add a little bonus there to it. So lately what's been happening in my world is um, this cycle that I'm experiencing of financial insecurity and just want to talk about it out loud because I think whenever we express it it gets released to a certain degree and I seem to be on this um, pattern repeating itself of having a lot of faith and then that faith being challenged you know whenever bills come due and then I look at the money and, and see where it's all going and how much I have left after bills. And no matter if you got $10 left after your bills are paid or you got thousands left, it always is this feeling of it being gone, it being taken away. And I think what we really need to remember whenever the money leaves us is to bless it on its way out and remember that money comes and it goes and let's stay current, stay present with the currency. And I've been reminding myself of this lately as I've been on this journey of, you know, sometimes clients come in, sometimes they don't come in. Sometimes people sign up for retreats, sometimes they don't. And so it's a real test of faith of, you know, how committed are we in what we set out to do and 
who we are to be in the world. And so that's been my challenge lately. And what happens whenever I feel these emotional disturbances is my pattern is uh, I tend to be an overeater. And I've said this before on my YouTube channel, and I've shared this before. And, uh, and I fell a little bit back into these patterns recently. And, um, and it's tough whenever you're going through your shadow, you know, whenever you're, you're feeling sadness. Or for me, I feel sadness and depression. I'm not one to really go into like feeling blaming or anger. I really take all the, the blame on myself and I accept everything that I've chosen to experience and that I'm putting myself through. But I have to acknowledge that I'm growing and so are you. We are all beings on this ever-evolving journey and it's the spiral, you know, and we repeat these things for certain lessons for the subconscious to play out so we can really heighten our awareness on certain things what's working in our life what's not working how we can you know use the cycles of the moon to set intentions and to release intentions and plant new seeds and see things come into fruition but today was a really good day because I practiced a lot of meditation I got really deep into my commitments into my spiritual practice my chanting my yoga, I say my, but it's not really mine, it just comes from the universe. And, uh, and it really helped out. I went and taught a class today and I noticed, I was feeling the feelings of I don't want to go to class today, I don't want to teach today. How can I show up as a leader, as a teacher, when I'm in my pain right now? I'm, I'm living in my wound right now. I'm, I'm not experiencing the utmost joy and happiness that I, I usually feel. I'm in my wound. How can I show up in a space like this? And I just had to muster myself up. I did a quick little 10-minute pranayama breathing exercise, and I powered through it. And I said, there's people there who need me. And then I showed up. And I remember seeing my first student. Uh, his name is Vasudev. And he smiled, and I could feel he could sense what was coming out of me because I'm not a person that can really hide my emotions. I don't tend to suppress them or hide them. If I'm feeling raw, I'm feeling raw and you'll feel it and you'll see it. And I'm not ashamed of that. I'm not going to shy away from that. And I could sense he could feel that. And then as I set up for class, a few more students trickled in and something interesting happened. I realized, you know, in that moment of I'm being of service and I'm out of my pain right now. I'm giving something to somebody else. Even though I feel like I'm in a space where I need someone to like just talk to me and talk to me through things and receive love from somebody else, that's what I thought I needed. But I was shown that what I think I need is not always the case. And my commitment to my students, to the space, to my practice, and to giving and sharing this practice is what took me out of my wound. And we had a powerful, wonderful Kriya that we practiced today. And then we had a wonderful deep relaxation where everybody was just zonked out, completely out. And I even laid down for a minute too just to just to settle my energy and rest for a moment. And the feeling of coming after, out of that class was I gave something back into the world. You know, I left my pain, I left my shadow behind. We did a lot of pranayama, we did some dancing, we, we shook it out. And it's not that we, 
we're doing these exercises to suppress any trapped feelings, but we were we were feeling what comes up. There were tears in the class today too, in different moments, and not just of, not from me actually, but we feel the feelings. We go through them, we go through the pain, and then we uplift it and transform it, and then we come back into awareness. We come back into our light, and it was a beautiful process to see this morning because. I didn't think that I was actually going to be able to show up. I was really close to calling out. And then afterward, I was presented with an opportunity that um, is huge. It's actually uh, it's the biggest event that I'll be participating in, all because I showed up. And my friend, Malaika, she's hosting this event. And it's going to be you know about 100 or more people there in this big space. And it's an ecstatic dance workshop on the new moon. And she loves the kundalini practice so much. She wants to start it out with kundalini. And so I'm opening for, for her for the ecstatic dance event. And I've never taught in front of more than maybe 30 people in a room, max. And I've spoken to at most, a like well, maybe not even 100 people. I don't know. My, my grandfather's funeral... Um, was the biggest audience I ever spoke in front of and that was probably a hundred-ish people but this time I'll be leading and I'll be inspiring and I'll be teaching and and it's a week away and so whenever I was offered this I was like oh my god holy shit <laughs> I don't have time to be out of my practice I don't have time to be sulking in my pain anymore I don't have time to go into those old patterns I've I've worked on myself enough and the consistency of the practice is what will make all the difference in staying in that heightened awareness place. And it's not to say that, you know, to find another addiction of being addicted to your yoga or your practice, but if of any addiction, it's probably the best addiction we can have. And it does elevate our awareness. It moves energy that gets stuck in the body. We chant it out. We reverberate mantras in our cells within our being that vibrate us on a, on a cellular level back to harmony, all these things. And I was realizing, I don't have time to be out of consistency anymore. And if this resonates with you, I want you to just reflect in your life and see what happens whenever you, you're really consistent, you're on it, your diet is good, you're committed with the foods you're eating, you're committed to your work, business, commitments, you've created the right structure in your life to support your creativity, or whatever it may be in your life, if you look at that, and then if you get triggered, or emotions arise, or something happens to test you, it's a test, it's always a test, to bring you out of your commitments and out of your consistency, how far do you fall? And I've noticed over the years of this practice, and on this path, that the time span gets shorter and shorter. Before it used to be like two weeks or three weeks, really long time where I would just be manic of super sad, suicidal and depressed, then being spiking really high and being super, super excited about life and you know back in my light again and out of the shadow. And I would just swing and this pendulum swing would be so intense. But it's this practice now that takes out the intensity of the shadow and neutralizes a little bit of the joy. Not to say that you don't experience the elatedness of happiness and joy, but it brings you into the neutral meditative place 
which is where we can see everything from a broader, neutral, meditative mind and perspective. So that's a little bit I want to share about where I'm at. And I'd like you to just check in and see where you're at. If you're on a high, you know, honor it and be grateful that you're in a, in a high place and ask to come into a neutral place. Be, be happy that you're high in a good place, but see what, what perspective shifts whenever you can ask yourself to come down into, not that you're coming down, but that you're leveling out into a neutral space. Because we all go through this pendulum swing of the shadow side surfacing for us to see our pain, see our wound, and what we can learn from it, and the experiences that get set up for us each time. And if we can come into that neutral place, it softens that a little bit. And if you're in a shadow space, see if you can elevate yourself to commit to your practice, commit to writing about it, commit to going into a gratitude rampage, going and finding inspiration online or, or, or this or podcast or wherever you find inspiration. And also see if you can neutralize the, the negative mind as well. The negative mind is there just for survival purposes to keep you safe. And the wounds are there to help you deepen compassion for your journey and so you can be so relatable to other people. I, I know from my own experience, my homeless experience in LA taught me so, so much. Whenever I look into people's eyes these days, I look so deeply into their eyes because I've felt some of the worst pain and suffering of, of loathing and depression and lacking of self-love. And, and that, that, that feeling is, you know, the worst feeling I think you can have to not love yourself. And so whenever I'm working with clients or, or people in my classes or just meeting people randomly, whatever, and we go into wonderful depth of conversation and I'm able to relate to them because of the wounds that I have because everybody's got a wound. And if we're going to evolve into a society of a global human consciousness, we gotta, we got to work on our wounds. That's how we relate to each other. That's how we broaden awareness until the day may come in the future where we don't have so much wounds and this place really turns into just a beautiful Disneyland called Earth experience. But until then, honor all the emotions that come through us. Honor your anger, honor your depression, honor your sadness, and the opposite, honor the joy. Your birthright is to be joyous and free. And your commitments, I've learned that the commitments and the discipline to a spiritual practice, starting out every day, is the key. And whenever you fall out of that consistency, whenever you're tested to sleep in later or go off your diet for or that sweet treat, or whatever those little things are that will trigger you, like those are the examples that trigger me, for example, and I quickly have to come back into my practice, otherwise that is a slippery slope, and the structure is what allows freedom. That's been my personal experience. So, with that, I just want to check in, and I wanted to check in with you too. Moving on in my story of awakening, we're going to start with going backwards in time to childhood. Everybody's got their story from childhood and their joys and their sadnesses and, and 
the perceptions that we have carried with us into the present and and most likely will carry them into the future if we don't work on them or or see whether it was there to teach us. In my early childhood, I was always very aware of things. And as I got more into my adolescent state, I, I felt like I was always very aware, but I got more fixated on external success and external power. I became very infatuated with the people who were rich in society, as we would call it, the mega successful, the 1%, the yachts, huge sailboats, jets, private planes, mansions, limos, all that stuff. Anything that I noticed on TVs and commercials or other media outlets that were, uh, that were advertising, you know, things that would be literally jaw-dropping for me growing up. And I think because of constantly being exposed to this on TV, I always knew from an early age that I wanted that and that was going to be me. That was going to be my life. Richness, success, financial abundance and prosperity, all of it. And maybe that was healthy for my ambition at the time, but I think part of it was unrealistic expectations of, of reality and by going through being homeless and going through very impoverished places in the world now, um, you learn so much from the poor and, and the, the role that they play and the fact that they still have a heart-centered space in their poverty. And I think that we have too many rigid ideas about success and how if you have all this material success, it means that you're not heart-centered. And I think that's absolutely not true. I think that we can have it all. And I think that we do deserve it all if we work for it. And if we really focus on it. And law of attraction will bring us what we want. If we form a reality in our mind and take inspired action to get there, it can happen. But at the same time, where is our intention coming from? Is it coming from this pain, this wound of not ever feeling powerful in the world and you want all this external power? I think that's how it is for a lot of men and women in the world who have external power. Not the majority, but I feel like they're, or maybe the majority, I don't quite know. I don't know the numbers. None of us do. But I think that that is something to be aware of. And then also the perspective of poverty and those who play the role in the world of being impoverished, how wonderful and how beautiful they can stay so heart-centered and have an open heart in the midst of such challenges. I think it's a, it's a lesson for all of us. But I think we're coming into a time where we're empowering everybody as much as we can to live by the example of what they're inspired by. Whatever you're inspired by, be. Be that. Not to be that in the sense of to lose yourself and being somebody else, but be inspired by the, the individual personality expressing itself in a way that inspires you to also allow and release the truth of your personality to be expressed as well. But anyway, I noticed growing up that um, my parents had a lot of what they wanted, but not everything. 
and me, I remember kind of being like a spoiled brat and wanting everything. Um, material things, everything. I want all the books that I wanted. I wanted the car. I wanted, I wanted everything. And I definitely had a little bit of a spoiled brat syndrome growing up. I admit that. But now looking back, I see that it's not like I wanted a bunch of things, but I wanted the ability to have this sense of freedom. And my definition of freedom was to be able to go all over the, over the world, gain experiences, and not necessarily things. I strongly believe that we, as a collective society, as a global society, should be more connected with saving money and using this money to purchase experiences around the world rather than having so much material possessions. When this life is all over and said and done, you can't bring anything with you. You can only bring your soul and the experiences that you had while you were here. And of course we have our own path and we have our own journeys to, to go throughout life and experience. And it's interesting because I love to travel and I want my work to allow me to travel more. That is my intention. But I don't want my spiritual commitment and practice to take a back seat because of this desire and intention to travel. So, and that's hard because I have traveled and I bounced around in hostels and places over Southeast Asia. And it's very hard to have a committed spiritual practice where you can find a place to, to chant by yourself and, um, and do yoga by yourself. It's, it can be challenging. Um, unless, of course, you know, whenever you go to the heights of being able to have more space in your hotel rooms and things like that. But at least now in my journey, I've had to go to the roofs of hostels and, and early morning before the sunrise and just have a little bit of me time to practice on the roof. And, you know, I wouldn't change a thing because it was, it's been a really beautiful journey. I wanted to share a little story about how I discovered meditation and yoga. A lot of people ask me that. And, you know, I, I knew that yoga and meditation and spirituality and sharing this with the world was my path when I became homeless. Uh, I'll share more of that story another time, but I really discovered yoga um, whenever I was with my mom and I was in her womb. She was doing prenatal yoga, so I was already being conditioned at a cellular level to practice yoga. And then whenever I was about four years old, I was taken to my first yoga class with a lovely woman named Jan, who I would love to go back and visit and see and let her know how much she inspired me. And at the time, whenever I was four, she was like late 50s, early 60s, I think, teaching. And now, you know, 20, <clears throat> 20 years later, 20, yeah, 21, 22 years later, she's still teaching, apparently. And so she's like in her 80s or, or late 70s. It's amazing. And that goes to show what a yoga practice can bring to you, can bring you this longevity and this joy to share a wonderful practice. And I remember at four years old, I wasn't like too open to the idea of going to meditation and yoga. I wasn't quite sure about it all. There was one time I remember whenever I was quite young and we were in Carlsbad, California, right next to the Yogananda uh, sanctuary and ashram. And my mom told me, there's people meditating over there. And I instantly knew to be quiet 
And so there was something within me that I always just kind of was aware, whether it was past life or whatever, uh, that I just knew this concept of what meditation was, even though I hadn't really been taught it in this life yet. And my mom reminded me of this story because she was surprised that she didn't preface it with be quiet, people are meditating. She just said people are meditating over there and that was an instant cue for me to make sure I was being quiet. So this really helped me out, this anchor of knowing what meditation and yoga was from a young age, these that my first teacher, I think her name was Jan or Jane, I think it was Jan, I can't quite remember, one of the two. And um, it really helped me because it was my anchor as I would go through life that whenever I would feel stress or anxiety, I would actually always go to like a guided meditation or pop into a yoga class. I never had a really committed daily practice, but it just makes sense now in my life that I have a daily practice because it was this evolution of over time, I would, I would reach that point of having this daily practice. And as we go through life and, you know, we leave the nest and we start to learn about experiences that are pretty intense sometimes through our early 20s and through college and whatever, we start to think a little bit more differently about life itself and sense of purpose. Why are we here? What, what does it all mean? This was particularly my experience of leaving the nest. I remember pondering these questions and it used to bring a lot of confusion in me. And at times I would lose a whole lot of lack and drive and motivation due to me not knowing the answer. And after college, I was completely on my own. Um, I started to really let go from financial support of my parents. Of course, there's been a couple of times where my parents have had to help me out here and there, but whenever I moved to LA, I was really on my own. I was just with my partner at the time and 700 bucks in my pocket, and something just told me to move to LA. So I did. I mean, it wasn't just something. I had thought about it quite deeply. I was in a film degree at the time, uh, and uh, I just wanted to move to the film industry and make something of myself there. I have a, f <laughs> I have a firm belief that um, listening to our heart and our to intuition and taking risks is the way, no matter what wild journey it takes us on. And for me, moving to LA was just that. It was a wild, wild journey. It might not seem like it, but whenever we listen to that voice, that's how we avoid making bad decisions and being led to our ultimate destiny. And our destiny, I just want to preface this with what destiny is. To me, it's not a destination. It's not about place to arrive to. When it's a shift in awareness, I am in my destiny right now, even though I haven't achieved all the things I've wanted to achieve, or I haven't illuminated the world and inspired the world like I want to do, I realize that I'm in my destiny right now because it's a moment-to-moment -moment feeling. If I feel like I'm in my destiny, then I am. If I feel like I'm out of my destiny, if I feel like I'm not present with it, then I'm not. I'm out of sync with it. I'm misguided somehow. And I have to guide myself back to the right, to the more aligned thinking so that I can remember that I'm in alignment with my destiny always. And so I left Florida with just 700 bucks in my pocket, my dog, my partner at the time. And we got to LA. It was my first, my first experience in scarcity. Since then, I've had a lot more <laughs> experiences of poverty and scarcity. 
We had our dog Lily when we were living on my friend's couch. I would say their names, but I don't know if they'd want me to. I'll keep them private. Um, and while we were getting on our feet and comfortable, they gave us a wonderful place to stay. And after about two months of struggling to find something in LA, I was close to giving up and wondering, like, why the hell did I move out here? Like, what was I think was going to happen? It was almost as if I was going to like win the lottery or get discovered, like the movies make you believe. I knew there had to be an answer as to why I moved to the city. So one day, I was feeling feeling like I really needed to get some exercise and fresh air. I didn't want to run. I couldn't afford a gym membership. I remember thinking I can't do anything, quote unquote. I was in a rut mentally, and I didn't know what to do. And then I remembered yoga. I could do this anywhere. And so I looked up some YouTube videos and um, found a yoga workout video and a meditation that I could listen to. And I started to just sink more and more into this, into like, what is meditation? I remember thinking it seemed so spiritual. It was like too far out. And I realized that I didn't have much of a spiritual practice and I wasn't even sure if I even wanted one. I just wanted a little bit of help with just getting by. You know, when you're in that state, you're just getting barely, you're not even getting by. And you're just like, I just want to get by. And that's like the next step before you can even get to the other levels of like really feeling prosperous and abundant. So I was researching more and more on my laptop of different uh, things to learn and how people were able to manifest whatever they wanted. This is where <laughs> looking up a yoga video led me. It led me on a journey and ended up with like Tony Robbins and all these amazing, inspiring people. And instantly, I remember thinking, I need to concentrate on prosperity, passion, abundance, and not the opposite. I remember saying to myself, I'm in such a rut. I'm running out. I'm running out. I'm running out. And what was this manifesting? This was manifesting me to run out of my resources and to be more in a rut. And so this was a good start for my unconscious self to begin to become more aware and conscious. I was headed in the right direction. I began to find all these different inspiring people talking about abundance and, and saying the true feeling and meaning of abundance and that's not always just about money but it's about like what can we give into the world. And I always knew that money felt great when I had it and it felt terrible when I didn't. And so I would have this relationship of like tug of war with how I felt about money. I would feel good when I had it, like I just said, and I would like hate it if I didn't have it. And it's like, you gotta, you always, you just gotta pour love onto everything in all situations for them to level out and get better. <laughs> and so when we focus on the things that we want rather than just like, you know, a big lump of some of money, that's not gonna bring you happiness. It's like purpose and passion and accountability and finding something that you can give into the world is what will most likely probably bring you the money that you want that you're focusing on and also bring you such consistent long-term happiness and so it was all these things that I, I began to find and research on and dive into and since then I've been on this journey of referencing these tools whenever I need to and like how I just started this podcast earlier about uh, earlier about feeling financial insecurity I'm going back in to these lessons and reminding myself again that if I want to create this reality of prosperity, of financial prosperity, how can I give more? How can I overcome more of my fear and limitation and, and really step up and serve into the world? Because for me, whenever I get challenged, because I, I don't know if it's my Pisces nature or maybe it was some childhood things, but whenever I... I feel triggered 
I want to like hide and go away and hide in, uh, in an ashram. And a phrase came to me the other morning when I was practicing that said, the world doesn't need you to hide anymore. The world needs you to show up. And that just hit me so profoundly that that's what I'm committing to. I'm committing to showing up despite the emotions, despite the feelings, because when you have a commitment and you're really in that commitment, your feelings will override your commitment. I mean, your, your commitment will override your feelings. <laughs> Other way around, that's what I meant. Um, and we've heard a lot about this, about abundance, creating whatever you want into your reality, and meditating every day, and visualizing and focusing on all this. And each and every day I would wake up with a sense of happiness that everything was going to work itself out. I didn't have to worry about a thing. I just had to be consciously thinking and projecting a reality from my meditative state that I wanted to be in and experience. I began to realize that when I laid down to meditate, nine out of ten times I would fall asleep. <laughs> and that was because the meditations became like more of a napping technique in their own right. They had all these like theta, delta waves and they would just knock me out. But it would be good. I would, I would need this recharger energy boost around midday and it became my, my ritual. I remember feeling this increased awareness and happiness and life started to feel a little bit easier and tolerable. Life also felt less stressful and the things that used to trigger me were becoming a thing of the past. Once I was able to notice these changes, I wanted to advance. Instead of lying down and drifting into sleep, my meditation time evolved into better posture, sitting upright with my spine straight. And now sometimes I continue to lie down, but for the most part I, I would try and put effort into sitting upright with more focus than the previous day or the last time I practiced. Once I changed my positioning, a powerful thing occurred. I was experiencing visions and a new profound sense of clarity. I saw so much beauty, I saw so much light, I felt so much joy, I felt feelings of bliss and transcendence. It was almost indescribable. And I remember feeling, I want other people to feel this and experience this. But what I was also understanding at the time is that a, dedica a dedicated practice has the power to transform you, your mind, your belief system, and your unique path in this world. A dedicated practice, a committed practice can make all the difference. In the first meditations where I was starting to see visions, I would be walking out in nature, completely surrounded by rocks, cliffs, tall trees, blue sky above me, with only a few clouds maybe in sight, but just a really nice, like beautiful scenery. And I was consciously walking through this, this blissful place, pondering things like, where am I? My conscious mind would trickle in, in the vision. And how did I get here? And all of a sudden, I would have these realizations that I was meditating and that I could hear myself being guided by a higher consciousness. And as I was walking through the scenery, I just remember feeling such stillness. And it was the stillness that I wanted to learn more about. I wanted to be in for longer periods of time. But in this specific vision, it was quite profound because you'll see here in a minute. But a few feet ahead of me as I was walking through the scenery was a cliff and I could, I could hear water trickling around it. And it was moving faster and faster as I got closer and closer, like it was a waterfall. But I remember feeling like I was trying to accelerate my pace, but I couldn't. There was like this this something was stopping me and 
It was like a lesson in patience. Walk ever so slowly towards the cliff's edge, to the, to the edge of this cliff. And so finally I'm here at the point where the cliff, where I can turn. And as soon as I turn to see the water, a beautiful waterfall is splashing down to the lagoon. And I realized I cannot hear any sound. It was silent. There was no sound of water anymore. It was incredibly peaceful to witness such a power and a roar, but there be no sound. I was in a trance state of mind where I just wanted to be here for lifetimes, infinity. It was so peaceful and silent. Then a message came to me after a moment and said, this is abundance. I remember thinking, what a headline afterward. And as soon as I started to ponder the thought about abundance, I was almost instantaneously snapped back into my body. I snapped back so fast that I couldn't help but to remember the whole thing. Because this state of trance is like a dream, you gotta wake up inside of the dream to fully remember it, and that's kind of what it felt like. And so I woke up back in my body, completely refreshed and really rejuvenated and, and excited. I had a new perspective, a new shift of reality of not just a very beautiful experience, but also a message of what abundance truly meant. It was not about wealth or having more zeros in the bank account. It was actually about having moments like that where you can enjoy it without the thought of obsessing over money or, or what you want to bring into the world. Rather, it was just a moment of silence. It was an extraordinary first lesson from one of my beginning visions of meditation from my own being with a capital B. And now what's miraculous is that I went to go visit this nature hike with my friend at the time. I'll leave her name out because I haven't asked her if she is okay with me publicizing her name in this. Um, and she invited me to go on this on this hiking that she this hiking trail that she heard about. And of course I said sure I'm always up for hiking and adventures in nature. And so we get to this location, it was in the heart of Malibu, parked the car and started hiking. It's a beautiful place, incredible, incredible hike, so much beauty all around us. And as we approached this cliff, I noticed it looked familiar in some way. It was almost like a deja vu moment or an eeriness, but didn't feel eerie. I had been here before, but I had forgotten about my vision. I wasn't in my awareness at the mo in this moment, but I had this nostalgia uh, in this moment. Then I remember feeling in this space, this space of stillness was beginning to well up within me. I was beginning to feel this awareness shift and was truly present. Then we began to get closer to a cliff. And as we passed the corner, I began to hear water in the distance. And all of a sudden I knew that this place was the same place in my meditation, just slightly differently as far as the, the sounds and awareness things. I began to tell my friend that we needed to pick up the pace, just like in my vision, and get to the water. And I told her I was really hot and I just needed to like jump in the water, um, just for her to understand like you know where I was coming from. Even though that's not really what I was, you know, there was so much more to explain. I didn't have the time for it. I was like, I just got to get in the water. I'm really hot. And as the water gets louder and louder, as we get closer and closer, I suddenly start to hear a few voices and people in the water splashing and having fun in this little hidden oasis. And finally we get over to one big rock and pass through a dense mount of shrubbery and that were at this lagoon or a little oasis area. And 
there was not a waterfall in sight like I had in my vision and there were a lot more people so it was a little bit noisier than my vision but regardless I knew that this was what I was envisioning and feeling in my meditation it was nearly exactly the same place I felt so familiar I was really looking forward to there being a waterfall but you know, that was just my abundant mind giving me that abundant example and in my meditation I was so focused on creating something into reality that I created an experience that I would not have had otherwise this is when I realized the power of manifestation and the power of thought one of many moments I had a beautiful moment there with my friend at the oasis swimming in the fresh cool water coming down from the mountains and we began to swim around and jumping off of rocks and just really taking the moment in to experience it and then I took my friend to the side and I explained to her why like I was in such a state of happiness and bliss because I had seen this before in my meditation and how profound that I was feeling this resonance within me like never before and I remember the rest of the, and she was she was you know really floored by what I was sharing with her and the rest of the hike we just started talking about really deep topics and having a really wonderful conversation about cosmos creation life itself and I remember feeling whenever I left that hike and as we continued on that I would always stick to a meditation practice because the difference of the real world and a meditation practice is, is the real world is noisy <laughs> as we know unless we're so far removed that we're in such stillness and peace and quietness and uh, in a meditation we can access that place within our mind, within our heart and it was quite profound, those were my first first stories of meditating that really resonated with me I remember whenever I got home that day that I would again stick to a meditation practice and I was now going to focus my intention and my vision on manifesting a job where I was truly happy, where I would be mentored, where I could be creative and something that paid for all my wants and needs and I would have extra left over. And I remember focusing on this so, so intensely and so deeply and I was meditating every single day, multiple times a day to like create this because I was bouncing around doing a lot of freelance gigs and jobs and I was not I was not thriving, I was just surviving and I did not enjoy it. And within a few short weeks I manifested this interview with an entrepreneurial couple. And I remember the date, it was on February 1st, 2014. I had an interview with a businesswoman entrepreneur who uh, in this moment to me felt so alive, so passionate and so radiant. And we met in this very luxurious five-star hotel in Santa Monica that overlooked the sparkling Pacific Ocean and I remember being 15 minutes early and I was so nervous that I like was doing long slow deep breathing in my car and I was like thinking oh my god I bet I'm gonna meet her or whoever this person is that shows up you know while I'm like doing long slow deep breathing in my car sometimes my life plays out like a, move, a movie comedy in my mind but I got it myself and I got focused and it was time for my interview, 9 a.m. I walked into the lobby and I was instructed from the email uh, as assistant uh, where to go. And so I walked in, I followed the instructions, 
and this wonderful blonde woman with the biggest smile on her face and her assistant was there with her who was peacefully working on her laptop kind of half paying attention to me half being there with us so I sat down I had an interview and I wasn't really thinking that I did an overly exceptional job however I just remember feeling like trust just trust it trust it trust it and later that day I received a call letting me know that I would receive the position as an assistant to this entrepreneurial couple who lived in this mansion in Malibu. So it was, I was quite excited to say the least. And I could, I remember being like hardly able to contain myself. I called like everyone that I could and I had all this energy just emanating from me. Like finally, 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 like this stuff works, like meditating works. And um, I felt like the struggles of life were over at this point in time. Lo and behold, there was a whole journey after this year of working there that was to come. And that's later on. But I remember finally feeling like I would have money for things. I would have my rent covered on time or early. I remember being able to like feel so grateful that I could live like four blocks from the beach in Santa Monica and drive up to Malibu every day. Like I felt like my life was like right on track. And so I'll continue more of this story uh, in the next podcast because this is truly the beginning of a lot of material that is to come about my spiritual awakening, about my personal development, about, about my whole story starts here. And from this moment forward, it's going to be totally raw, totally truthful, uninhibited, I'm going to leave out the names of everybody that's involved just to protect everybody, everybody's privacy. But after being hired at this, with these people in this job, my life took on a whole new sense of meaning and purpose and launched me into a place that was like a dream come true. And then after that, the dream quickly fell apart by poor decision-making and, um, and fear-based reactions and not having a solid spiritual practice. And it was from that, those experiences later on that I'll share that why I did being homeless and everything and I'm going to be really raw about all the experiences and why, why what happened happened and why it was supposed to happen and how I'm grateful for it today. And um, I'm going to relive a lot of this and share this with you because... Every time I tell people my story in person, they're like, I can't believe what you've been through. I can't believe, like, you know, you know what, <laughs> I can't believe who you are today and where you've come from because there's, you know, coming from this place of, of working for these entrepreneurs, having everything that I wanted financially, setting myself up, being in a relationship that I, that I was in love, but deep down not loving myself the entire time and having a very hard time within my own self emotionally is what destroyed me and then set me up for a whole lot of learning lessons then to come and then actually to launch me into my true path and my true destiny and to release the heartbreak, the shame, the guilt, all the things that have surrounded this chapter of my story I've released so many times, and now sharing it here, I get to release it one final time. Or maybe, who knows, maybe I'll have to share it again on Oprah one day, or, or whatever. I have to share it, I will. But again, I'm going through the story to share it, to inspire, and to release.
and let go once more. So thank you for tuning in and listening. I really am so grateful, grateful and appreciative. And tune in um, in the next couple days. I will be I will be uploading the next part two of this because I don't want to have a two hour long podcast. Got to break it up. And if you are interested in retreats that are coming up, I'm having two this year. One is in Thailand in March, and one is in Greece in July. Both are kundalini yoga and meditation focused to either begin your practice or to deepen your practice. Beginners are welcome and also advanced. We will be practicing a lot of meditation and yoga. So if you are a beginner to yoga and meditation, um, you're more than welcome to come, but just know that you will be set up uh, for some good challenges. It'd be great, great for um, it'd be great for you either way, but it will be challenging. So I want that disclosure to be there. Also, uh, my Inner Awakening program. I'm offering free coaching calls, spiritual guidance, and counseling. Right now, um, I've gotten a few people on board, and so I have a couple people I can take on. Right now, I only have a certain number amount that I take on per month. So if that interests you, please um, inquire, let me know. If you're interested in anything, just let me know by going to brandonspratt.com or you can email me at b at brandonspratt.com. Thank you so much. I truly, truly appreciate all your love and support. I'm Brandon Spratt, and you've been listening to Awaken, the podcast. You can follow Awaken on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't done so yet, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me every week or every other week for Awakening Conversations. Thank you for listening.